Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Good morning. My name is uh, Mark, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and I'm excited uh, for this series that, that we've been in, and excited to uh, continue talking about finding your way back to God. I want to uh, open up today with something that I consider educational, but it might just be foreign to uh, most of you. But I, I'm wondering if you've ever heard of the, the word rumspringa. Some of you have, you're already laughing, because maybe you're from Plain City, right? But the rest of you are like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So uh, say, it, say it with me, rumspringa. Well, Rumspringa is a, uh, it's a term. You guys are really good at saying that, by the way. You could uh, work on Sesame Street or something where you have to repeat words. But uh, Rumspringa literally means to, uh, means running around. And it's a, it's a word used to describe the Amish practice of, uh, quote, sowing your, your wild oats. So uh, where, where I'm from, up by Worcester Wayne County area, a little more, more common, uh, my, my mom, we would be out in public sometimes, and uh, she would be like, oh, this is my Amish friend. I want you to meet. And I'm like, you have Amish friends? And she's like, yeah, we went to school till eighth grade together, and then she got married. And I'm like, what? You know, and so uh, where I'm from, this stuff, like I said, a little more common. Uh, but I can remember going to get firewood when I was, when I was young and, and uh, going to Amish farms. And, and so that term wasn't completely foreign to me. But it's, like I said, it's, it's a process where... Uh, those in the Amish community are given a choice. Do you want to be a part of, of what you were born into? Uh, or, or do you want to look elsewhere and look at the world? And so they're given a chance to go out and, and enjoy the world and, and see what the world has to offer and, and sow their wild oats. And so uh, that might be foreign to you, like I said, because we all live one mile from a target now and we like suburbia. Uh, but, but maybe you happen to see a very moving Oscar-worthy film back in the day called Kingpin. If you haven't, don't go home and look it up because it's not really good. But uh, uh, in this movie, it basically shows this process. There's a, there's a guy, he's, uh, he's born into an Amish family, but they, they find out that he has this amazing ability to, to bowl. And so uh, this, this guy says, man, you've got to leave the Amish church behind. We've got to go on the road and, and we've got to make you a professional bowler and make all this money. And, and uh, that movie, like I said, not the greatest film of all time. It wasn't made into like a, a Shakespearean play. It didn't win any Oscars, but it did show this process that, that sometimes people uh, leave what they've been born into and they go to, to sow their wild oats. And so most in the Amish community, uh, not in every uh, sect of the Amish community, but they, they have a process like this. And sometimes they'll leave for, for 9, 12 months, 18 months, and, and then they have a decision to make. Do I want to pursue the things that I've discovered, or do I want to go back home to my father and, and to my family? And, and, and they go back and they're baptized into the Amish church often, and so they, they get to make that decision. And so as I look around today, some of you are growing out beards because that's really cool right now, uh, but, but I don't think anyone in here is Amish that I can gather as as I look over the crowd. Uh, and so I, I, the reason that I, I'm assuming that we don't know what Rumspring is because that's not something that, that we do in our families and, and in the churches we've been involved in. And yet, uh, as we've already heard this morning, uh, we, we kind of already have our, our own practice of that, right? We don't, we don't have Rumspring, but we have what we like to refer to as high school right? Or, or maybe, maybe freshman year, right? We have, we have a phase of life where we go off and do our own thing, regardless of how we were raised or what we were pointed toward. And we decide, this is what I like. This is what I want to do. Or I'm going to figure that thing out. I've never done that, but I'm going to, I'm going to figure that out. And so we look back on that and maybe even, even happens when you're in your forties and you go buy a Harley and don't tell your wife, right? But everyone has some, some wild phase in their life where they're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do what I want. I'm going to discover things and I'm going to figure this out. And, and, and that's why I, I love this, this topic and, and this series that we've been in. 
as we talk about finding your way back to God. Last week we talked about longing. This week we want to talk about regret. But this is something that's real to us. Because like I said, we don't practice rumstringer, but, but in some way we've all said, you know, there's, there's something out there, something that, that exists in life that I don't know about, something that I haven't experienced yet, and I want to go find that thing. I want to, I want to go figure it out. And so as, as we jump into uh, this, this topic today, the, the second thing uh, that we want to talk about after longing last week is, is regret this week. And you already got to see a video and hear the story of the prodigal son read to you. And so this week, uh, we want to focus specifically on a few verses in that, that story. And so I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 15. The story of the prodigal son is in verses 11 to 24. It's on page 798, if you've uh, got one of those Bibles in front of you. And if you don't have a copy of the Bible, we would love for you uh, to, to find a, a Bible near you, under your seat, in front of you somewhere. Love for you to take that home with you today. We believe and we know that there is power in God's word and it's his word for us. And so if you want to take that home and begin reading that, we would love for you to, to walk out with, with a Bible in your hand today. But I want to point you to Luke chapter 15, verses 17 to 18 specifically. Luke 15, verses 17 to 18. Like I said, we already got to hear the entire story, but I want to take a moment and read these verses to you. It says this. When he finally came to his senses, he's talking about the prodigal son, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Now, there are two pieces to this story. It's going to be very obvious because I've made some slides where we can bold those and you already heard us read them. But the, the two pieces that we want to focus on out of those verses today are, are first, that the, the son said this and said about him, when he came to his senses, there was a moment that he came to his senses, right? So we, yeah, we have that. When he came to his senses, in the next part, he said, I will set out and go back to my father. He said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to the things that I know, the places that I've been. I'm going to, I'm going to stop what I'm doing because I've come to my senses. I'm going to go back to my dad. So last week, we talked about this feeling of longing, this feeling that sometimes we look at the world and we think there's got to be more, and I'm going to go out and find it. I'm going to discover it. I'm going to see what the world has to offer Many of us, that, that might have happened in college. It might have happened in high school. It might be happening now. It might be something we're struggling through, but we want purpose and we want meaning. We want more. We want to discover things. That's an awakening to longing. But sometimes as we long for things and we chase things and we run after things, we realize that those things let us down. We realize that those things are empty. We realize that those things don't fulfill us and they leave us longing for more and longing for more like we were in the beginning. And so the second awakening that we want to talk about today is an awakening to regret. An awakening to realizing that the things that we've been running after, the things that we've been chasing, the things that we've been looking to fulfill us don't actually do any of those things. And despite all of the warnings that people told us, despite the warnings of our loved ones and, and commercials and all kinds of things that tell us not to do those things and not to chase those things, we end up regretting the places that we've been and realizing that we're going the wrong way. Well, this morning is a, a morning that I am uh, enlightening you to several uh, random films that are old and certainly will never win Oscars. But maybe you've heard of the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And so uh, as, we, as we talked about uh, going the wrong way and realizing that, I realized that no story I could tell could capture the emotion of this movie clip that we want to watch this morning. So I want you to check this out and think about regret and think about realizing that you're going the wrong way.
wants to race. Race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! He wants something. Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. You're going in the wrong direction. You're going to kill somebody. That, that movie is, is funny, obviously. That's my dad's favorite movie from back in the day. Before there was Dumb and Dumber, there was that in my family, and so you can tell a lot about my family. But uh, obviously that, that movie, that, that clip is, is hilarious, and yet it shows uh, some, some real things that we're talking about. There are moments that, that we think everything is fine and dandy, right? And we're doing what, what we want to do. And we realize, maybe uh, because someone tells us, because someone says, roll your window down, you're going to kill someone. Or maybe, maybe because someone says, hey, you're, you're changing. I don't like who you beco- you've become recently. But in some way, people let us know you're, you're going the wrong way. And eventually, through time, something helps us wake up and, and realize that. But we've got to have that, that moment, right? That, that moment where we wake up and we look and we see those two semis coming toward us and we think, this is not what I want to be doing. This is not where I want to be going. This is not what I want to be doing. And we can't find our way back to God until we have that moment where we come to our senses. A quote I want to read to you today by a guy named Richard Rohr. And he says this, You cannot heal what you do not acknowledge. And what you do not consciously acknowledge will remain in control of you from within, festering and destroying you and those around you. And many of us have have learned that all too well. And so, like I said, maybe, maybe you haven't gone through a moment like Rumspringa. Maybe you didn't have this moment in high school or college where you thought that things got out of control. But in some way, for all of us, we, we come to a, a moment of realization where we've, we've, we've chased longings and eventually we come to regret the choices that we've made and the things that we've run after. And so this son, the prodigal son, had a moment where he came to his senses. That was his first moment, the moment where he could, he could wake up and look around and think, I don't like the things I've been chasing after. I don't like the things that I've been doing. But his second choice was just as important as that first choice to wake up. And his second choice was to realize that he wanted to go home to his father. What the son did by going back to see his father, going back home to his father, is called Repentance. I don't know if you've ever heard of that word. Maybe you've grown up in the church, and so it can be a a buzzword. But sometimes repentance gets a a bad rap because uh, the church has done a a poor job of explaining what it means. 
We only seem to hear the word repent in connection with our eternal destiny. And so uh, if, if we don't repent, we're going to go to this burning fire, right? Like J.J. talked about already as he shared his story. And so sometimes we just think, repent, that's what i got to do. That's what people want from me. They want me to repent. Repentance has been used as a, as a scare tactic. But I want to uh, take a moment, and, and hopefully you can see this with, with fresh eyes, but I want you to look at these two words. There's a, there's a word uh, that's from the, the New Testament, as this word is written in Greek in the Bible, and it'll be up here on the screens, but that word is called metanoia. Metanoia. And there's a, a word that's used in the Old Testament as repentance is written in Hebrew, and that's called teshuva. And metanoia is the Greek word for repent, and teshuva is the Hebrew word for repent. And what it means in Greek is it means changing one's mind. It means changing one's mind. And teshuva in the Old Testament, the word repentance means to return. And so sometimes we're given a snapshot of, of one half of this word in the Old Testament or one half of this word in the New Testament. If we look at the entire biblical context, basically this word means changing one's mind to return. And so if you're following this, the story of this son, the story of this son who had an awakening and regretted the things he did and didn't just say, I'm going to change my, my direction. I'm going to change who I've been and where I've gone. But a son that said, I'm going to change my direction, who I've been, where I've been headed, what I'm doing, and I'm going to return to where I came from. I'm going to return where I was designed to be, where I was placed and where I'm supposed to be. Our vision, and it was said this week, as, as, as John came up to, to host, the first thing that we say from the stage almost every week is that we want to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. A movement of people finding their way back to God. We say that because it's our vision, but we say that because we believe it's powerful. We believe it has the power to change someone's life as they find their way back to God. Now, some people think like, but I've never been in church before. This isn't me. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to find my way back to God. And some of us put roadblocks and, and things up as we talk about having a relationship with God. And JJ mentioned some of those today as he shared his story. Sometimes we think if these people knew the real me, if they knew the decisions I've made, the choices I've made, where I've been, they wouldn't accept me. If they knew the things that I've done, the ways that I've messed up, the ways that I've screwed up, They'd be afraid of me. They wouldn't want their, their kids around me. Sometimes we have these, these awful things that, that we do in our head, and sometimes we, we put ourselves through this process. We want, we want to redo, but we let shame and, and guilt and, and fear stand in our way. And so even though we know that we should repent, even though we know we should return home to our Father, we don't want to do that. We put ourselves in what's called a, a, a sorry cycle. We go back and forth from, from regret and, and fear and longing and regret and longing and regret and longing and regret. And we know we're chasing something and we regret doing it and we want to turn around, but we just keep chasing that longing and we, we continue to feel sorry for ourselves and we continue to chase something that makes our heart feel complete and something that makes our heart feel different. So I mentioned that our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. And our heart is that as a church, we're seeing that happen. And our, our heart and our desire for this series is that we're seeing that happen. And the reason that we sent out mailers to the city of Hilliard and to this side of Columbus is because we want to see that happen in people's lives. We want to see people find their way back to God. Last week, we introduced something called Pascal's Wager. We said that there are moments that, that people don't believe in God. There are moments that people don't know if they can trust God or they let fear and shame and guilt and that sorry cycle control them and freeze them in their tracks and they can't make a decision and they can't move. And so we, we challenge people to say, God, if you're real, 
Make yourself real to me. Awaken in me the possibility with you that I could start over again. We challenge people to sign up for a series of emails that will be sent to them for 30 days and just have a small piece of scripture that they can read and think about. Something that they can pray. A way that they can open their heart to God and repent and turn back to him and say, Lord, if you're real, show yourself to me. And there were some people that, that did that last week. If you want to do that, we've put that on our, on our Facebook page. We've made that available so you can sign up for those emails. We would love for you to still say, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're there, but I pray that you'll make yourself real to me. There are others in this room who know that God is real. There are others in this room who have felt God. And as you think about repentance, as you think about turning back to your father, you know that God is your father. You know that that we were created in the image of God to know God. But because sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, our sin separates us from God. And our sin keeps us from knowing a perfect God. But God loved us so much, he didn't want us to be separated or kept from him, and so he sent his perfect son, Jesus, to live in this world. He was without sin, so when he was put to death, when he was crucified on the cross, he wasn't going to the cross because he deserved it. He was going to the cross to pay the price for our sin, the things that separate us from God and keep us from God. And by understanding who Jesus is, by understanding the sacrifice that he made, by understanding that he's defeating sin, defeating death, and giving us a bridge to God the Father when we believe in him by understanding those things and committing our life to live for him. We can be made free. We can experience love. We can experience belonging, and we can know him. Some people are are turning back to God for the first time and, and saying, God, I don't know if you're real, but there are people in this room who are saying, God, I know that you're real and I know that you sent your son for me and I know that I was created to know you and I want to know you and I want to have a relationship with you. You've had that moment where you've, you've come to your senses and now you're at that moment where you want to run home to your father and say, God, it's good to be home. It's good to be in your arms. It's good to know your love. Finding your way back to God is not a one-time event. It's a, it's a series of decisions your whole life. A way of saying, Lord, I've, I've been keeping you out of this aspect of my life. God, I haven't given this part of my life completely to you. Lord, I've been ignoring you. Lord, I've been selfish. It's a first-time decision to trust Jesus, and it's also small decisions along the way. So maybe today, your first decision is to say, Lord, I want to sign up for those emails. I want to I trust that you're real and see if you respond to me. Maybe your response is to say, Lord, I know that you're real, And I want a relationship with you. I want to give my life to Jesus so that I can know you. Maybe you've you've known Jesus for a while and you need a a moment. You need something to put a stake in the ground to say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want this to be real. In a few weeks, we're going to have a baptism service. Baptism is is a a simple thing, but it's an incredible thing because it's a it's a chance for us to publicly say, Lord, I want to identify with you. I haven't always been upfront and honest about my faith. I haven't known about my relationship with you, but now I know it's real and I want to be anchored in this. And so I want to say that publicly to my friends, to my family, to my church. I want people to know that I'm identifying with you, that I have a relationship with you, and I want them to hold me accountable to that. And so in a few weeks, we're going to have a chance to celebrate baptism and to celebrate that. And we want to offer you a chance to, to sign up for that today because we believe there are a series of decisions that need, need made as, as people find their way back to God. 
It may be reaching out and seeing if God is real for the first time. It may be giving your heart to him and say, Lord, I want to know what it's like to know you personally. And it may be a moment where you say, Lord, I want to put a stake in the ground. I want to, I want to announce to the world and commit to my church and my family that I know you. I want to commit. I want to be baptized publicly. I want the world to see that I've been made new and that I have a relationship with you. Whatever your commitment is today, we would love for you to make that. We have a table in the back called the Next Steps Table, obviously a place where you can take your next step in finding your way back to God. If you want more information about signing up for those emails, you can talk to someone there. If you want more information about knowing God personally, about having a relationship with him, we would love to talk to you at that table. And if you want to take the commitment to be baptized, maybe for the first time or maybe because it's the first time that you realize what it means and and you want to recommit that, we would love for you to sign up there or check that out on our website. As we close, I want to I read a, a modern version of the story of the prodigal son. This is a version that was written by Philip Yancey. It's a modern retelling, so hopefully you won't think I'm trying to recreate scripture, but I think that this has power, and so I want you to hear it. This is a story of a girl named Krista. Her name was Krista, and she grew up on a small cherry farm in Traverse City, Michigan. She was a wild child who dismissed her parents as old-fashioned because of how they responded to her piercings and tattoos. One night, Krista and her parents had a huge fight. At the end of it, she slammed the door and said, I hate you. Then she acted on a plan she'd been rehearsing for months in her mind, and she ran away to the big city of Detroit. Within a few hours of arriving in Detroit, she met a man who seemed warm and nice. He drove the most expensive car she'd ever seen, and he was willing to take her in. This nice man taught her a few things that would make her valuable on the streets, and because Krista was young, she brought in top dollar for her services. As time went on and as she got a little older, she wasn't bringing in top dollar anymore. So she was thrown out on the street with no money and with a drug habit to support. One night she thought back to those sunny spring days when she would be lying beneath the cherry trees. Realizing that renting her body on the streets of Detroit was no way to live, she decided she would head north, maybe move to Canada and start over. On her way north, she figured she'd try something that she had thought had no chance of actually working. She mustered up enough courage to give her parents a call. No one answered, but she left a message, telling them she was going to be passing through Traverse City on her way to Canada. If they wanted to see her, she'd be at the bus station around midnight. After hanging up, she thought leaving the message was a stupid thing to do because odds were they were happier now that she was gone. As the bus headed north, she could see the signs saying the bus was getting closer to Traverse City. She ran through the possible scenarios in her mind. Nobody there to meet her, someone there, but only to shame her and condemn her. Finally, the bus arrived in Traverse City, and she heard the bus driver say, 15 minutes at this stop. 15 minutes. All her mental rehearsing didn't prepare her for what she found as she stepped off the bus. At midnight in the small town bus depot, as she walked, she found dozens of familiar faces belonging to aunts, uncles, cousins, and grandparents, all wearing party hats. A huge banner hanging from the walls said, Welcome home, Krista. Her dad broke through the crowd and ran up to her, and as she tried to explain herself, he wrapped his arms around her, making it clear that all he really cared about was that his daughter was home. Today can be the day that that you have that moment that you come to your senses, 
the day that you, you wake up. Today can be the moment that you decide to return home, the moment you decide to come home to your dad. Sometimes I think uh, in the church and as Christians, we rehearse that as a sad moment. But we want to take a moment to, to sing and to celebrate that. The moment that we wake up can be an intense moment, can be something that we don't always understand. But it's also an incredible thing. This family threw a party. And so this morning, we want to continue to sing and, and worship and, and celebrate in that same way because we can repent. We can come to our senses. We can, we can run home to our Father and He loves us and He forgives us and He throws His arms around us and He gave His Son's life for us so that we could know Him, so that we could experience life, so that we could experience love, so that we could be His children. And so I'm going to invite the, the whole band up and we're going to have a moment where we sing and where we celebrate this. And I, I, you might have a moment where you talk to God and, and where you realize one of the commitments that we talked about today needs made in your life. But I pray that you'll have a moment where you realize the joy, the happiness, and the belonging of knowing who you are in God. Let me pray and we want to celebrate together. God, thank you for today. Thank you your word. Thank you that we can be found in you. Thank you that we can know you, know your son. God, I pray that as we, as we sing today, Lord, that this story will be made new and will be made real to us. God, I pray that we will be more aware than we've ever been of the way that we belong to you and belong in you, the way that we can be your children when we surrender our life to you, when we come home. God, I pray wherever on the spectrum of decisions that people are, if they're awakening to thinking about you for the first time, Lord, if they're ready to give their life to you for the first time, Lord, if they're ready to put a stake in the ground and be baptized, Lord, I pray that we will be a church has a culture of responding to you, of finding our way back to you and being excited about that and celebrating that. So God, I pray uh, that this morning that you'll just help us to, to do business with you, Lord, to, to address the things that you're putting in our heart and putting in our life and to be excited about where we're going and about what you're doing. Lord, we give you this morning, we give you our lives. It's in your name we pray, amen.